0: Hello, this is Helga Edwards, and I'm here with my husband Bob. Today we will be reading Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 to 21 from the International Standard Version of the Bible. The language of this translation seems to best reflect what we read in our oldest Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic manuscripts of this passage. Beginning at verse 1, The Lord came to Sarah, just as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah What he had promised. Sarah conceived and gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age, at the very time that God had told him. Abraham named his son who was born to him Isaac, the very one whom Sarah bore for him. On the eighth day after his son Isaac had been born, Abraham circumcised him, just as God commanded him. Abraham was one hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah had said, God has caused me to laugh, and all who hear about it will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have told Abraham that Sarah would nurse sons, yet I have given birth to a son in my husband's old age? The child grew and eventually was weaned, so Abraham threw a tremendous banquet on the very day Isaac was weaned. Nevertheless, when Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom Hagar had borne to Abraham, making fun of Isaac, she told Abraham, Throw out this slave girl along with her son, because this slave's son will never be a co-heir with my son Isaac. Abraham was very troubled about what was being said about his son. But God told Abraham, Don't be troubled about the youth and your slave girl. Pay attention to Sarah in everything she tells you, because your offspring are to be named through Isaac. Nevertheless, I will make the slave girl's son into a nation, since he too is your offspring. So early the next morning, Abraham got up, took bread and a leather bottle of water, gave them to Hagar, and placed them on her shoulder. He then sent her away along with the child. She went off and roamed in the Beersheba wilderness. Eventually, the water in the leather bottle ran out, so she placed the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat by herself, about a distance of a bow shot away, because she kept saying to herself, I can't bear to watch the child die. That's why she sat a short distance away, crying aloud and weeping. God heard the boy's voice, and the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven. He asked her, What's wrong with you, Hagar? Don't be afraid, because God has heard the voice of the youth where he is. Get up! Pick up the youth and grab his hand, because I will make a great nation of his descendants. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went, filled the skin with water, and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He settled in the wilderness and became an expert archer. Later he settled in the desert area of Paran, and his mother chose a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Here ends our reading of Genesis 21, verses 1 to 21. In this passage of the Bible, we see God fulfill his promise to Sarah. He had said that she would bear a son with Abraham, even though she had been barren all her life and was now past menopause. A miracle took place, and Isaac was born. While Sarah initially laughed in disbelief when told she would bear a child, in this passage she laughs for joy at the fulfillment of God's promise. Fittingly, Isaac's name in Hebrew refers to laughter. When Isaac was old enough to be weaned, Abraham and Sarah held a feast of celebration. During this feast, Sarah noticed Ishmael, the son of the slave woman Hagar, doing something to Isaac that was very disturbing. The International Standard Version tells us in Genesis twenty one nine that Ishmael was making fun of Isaac. Other translations, like the NIV, for example, say that Ishmael was mocking him. Bible commentator Dr. Craig Keener highlights that in other Bible passages the language used to describe Ishmael's behavior carries even more disturbing connotations. In Judges 16.25, for example, it is used to describe the manner in which the Philistines publicly humiliated the Hebrew judge named Samson. After Samson was captured through the work of a woman named Delilah, he was publicly humiliated at a feast in honor of the Philistine god named Dagon. Numerous Bible commentators suggest that this humiliation likely consisted of him being forced to stand naked between two pillars so that the people could mock him. In Genesis 26.8, the same language is used to describe Isaac, then an adult, sexually caressing his wife Rebecca. In 1 Corinthians 10.7, the Apostle Paul uses the same language in a warning against sexual sin. Paul wrote this letter in part to explain how the church should handle a case of incest. Rather than overlooking this behavior in the name of Christian grace, Paul explains that a man who continues to practice incest should be excluded from the Christian community. Similarly, whatever Sarah saw Ishmael doing to her son, she insisted that Ishmael and his mother be separated from their family. It appears that her concerns were warranted, since in Genesis 21.12, God agrees.
1: God tells Abraham to pay attention to what Sarah is saying. In other words, he is instructed to listen to her and assign importance to what she is telling him. Abraham is to heed Sarah's voice and ensure that Ishmael is separated from Isaac. They are not to be permitted to grow up together as co-heirs of Abraham's household. There are a number of important implications in this language. Abraham's initial response to Sarah is a desire to protect his son Ishmael. Instead, God tells him to listen to his wife and defend his son Isaac patriarchal theology discourages husbands from listening to their wives. One former president of the Complementarian Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood said that sin entered the Garden of Eden when Adam listened to his wife. He claimed that Adam's sin was paying heed to his wife, thereby inverting God's created order of male authority and female submission. Contrary to this strongly prejudiced viewpoint, The Bible portrays humanity's first sin simply as a decision to disobey God's command. Complementarian theology suggests that women must submit and pay heed to their husbands. It also claims that husbands are under no obligation to reciprocate. Genesis 21.12 tells us the exact opposite. Abraham, a man, is told to pay heed to his wife, Sarah. He is instructed by God to listen to her. It is also sadly the case that some churches and other religious organizations have handled allegations of sexual abuse very poorly. The testimony of female witnesses has too often been disregarded. Some churches have focused on protecting their own reputation and the reputation of offenders at the expense of the victims of sexual crime. This is not a practice that is condoned by God. In both the Old and New Testaments, we find that God honors the voice of women and prioritizes the safety of those harmed or endangered by abuse. In the New Testament, a man guilty of incest must be removed from the congregation. In the Old, Abraham must listen to Sarah and remove Ishmael from their community. In Genesis 21.14, Abraham obeys God and listens to his wife. He gives food and water to Hagar and sends her and her son out of the camp. Some English translations use language here that suggests Ishmael was either an infant or toddler at this time. These translations read the grammatical syntax of the passages incorrectly. In all of our oldest manuscripts, Ishmael is now a young man, about 14 years old who was sent away with his mother. When Hagar's water skin was empty, she despaired and thought that her son Ishmael would die. God however was aware of their distress. The angel of God showed Hagar a well and promised that her son would one day be a great nation. God was with Ishmael as he became an expert with the bow and grew up to marry a woman from Egypt. God wants men to listen to women. He wants husbands to listen to their wives. He wants churches to respond to abuse by prioritizing the safety of victims. By doing all of these things, the church does not fail to demonstrate the grace and the love of God. Holding abusers accountable and prioritizing the safety of victims actually demonstrates the wisdom, justice, and mercy of God.